everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend on Spotify or wherever you guys are listening to the podcast. I am the host, Josh Sanchez, and the purpose of Your Spiritual Best Friend is to connect spirituality, mental health, and astrology all in one because it's important for everyone to realize that we are all on our own spiritual journey at the end of the day. So the more we open up, the more we are able to connect with each other and grow as a collective society. So sit back and relax and enjoy your spiritual best friend. Hey everybody and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend. I am your host Josh Sanchez. On today's episode we're going to have some fun guys. We're going to talk about religion, the power of religion. I feel like with Easter weekend taking place I've had more of a need you know to talk a little bit about the power of religion and how we can use it as another outlet. Also, we're going to talk about some cults and some famous cults. So we got to be careful, you know, if we believe too much into something. And then obviously we're going to get into our weekly tarot and uh, have some fun that way. So just giving you guys a special announcement. This is going to be part one of a two part podcast. The first part, like I said, we're going to talk a lot about religion and stuff. And then our second part, we're going to talk about stigmas, mental health stigmas, medication stigmas, Really good and interesting topics for you guys to really think about on these next couple of podcasts. So stay tuned for part one and part two. I plan to drop part one on Friday this week and part two on the weekend. So that way it's a two part podcast series because I apologize for not podcasting as much. Before I really get into the topics, I just wanted to give you guys just an update on what the heck is really going on and why I have not been posting podcasts in the past couple weeks. Schoolwork has definitely taken its toll. It's been a lot more for me, and I've also dealt with some personal stuff too over the past couple weeks, and I would rather wait and get myself in the right mindset to record again than to continue pushing out podcasts. So I apologize, guys, if you guys you know are looking forward to those Friday weekend podcasts and have not gotten them recently, but not to worry. I'm going to drop two this week, and we also have a lot of interviews in store for the month of April and May as we get closer to episode 100 of the podcast series. But without further ado, we're going to get in, we're going to get started with the power of religion. The thing when it comes to religion, all religions, depending on whatever you believe in, if you don't even believe in a in a religion, we all need something, you know, to give us hope, something to, you know, give us that extra outlet that we need, you know, to believe. Because when we believe in something, we have hope. And when we have hope, Hope gives us that added extra motivation to continue to keep us going and to to continue our journey. Think about times in which stress has happened in your life. It could be grief. It could be it could be transitioning. You know, it could be anything that you're going through. Right. Think to yourself, have you ever gone to religion? Have you ever prayed more? Have you ever tapped into more of your spiritual side when you're going through hard times. 
If the answer is yes, I mean, it is very common. Like I know for me and my family, whenever we are going through stuff, we love to light candles for the people that are losing something, you know, sending our prayers to them. I say that to a bunch of people, you know, that are going through stuff that, you know what, like, I'm going to send you my prayers. I'm going to send you, you know, good fortune Uh, because, you know, like that extra oomph, you know, can give us that hope and give us, you know, maybe even help us get out of whatever it is that can help us get out of. For instance, so I know there's been studies done for people that have had life threatening illnesses, whether that's cancer, whether that is Alzheimer's, whether that is pretty much any disease that you know, you know, like the end is near and it's going to be time. People have the people, the survivors that have been, you know, able to tap into their religion actually ended up having better results than the average person going through the life threatening illnesses. And that is according to Web. I love web.edm. It's, it's a good website. 10 out of 10 recommend. And also spirituality websites as well. So another thing too, people that have strong faith, and this is from the book, The Healing Power of Faith, How Belief and Prayer Can Help People. People with strong faith who suffer from physical illness have significant better health outcomes than less religious people. And why do you guys think that is? That, that There could be many factors to it, but it ties back to what I've been saying when it comes to the concept of hope. Right. Because when we're usually when we're usually tap into that religion, it can lead to hope. Now, we need to be careful, right, if we're tapping too much or we're too invested in what religion we follow and what religion we believe in, because that can also be a conflict, which we will talk about in the next couple of minutes. But with Easter Sunday wrapping up, I want you guys to think, did you guys do any religious things? Did you guys go to a religious place and did you guys you know celebrate i know for christianity i know for me i grew up a catholic i did i went to ccd catholic school for public school kids and yeah i was those ccd kids that would uh that would trash the room i know i talked to my coworkers about it a couple weeks ago and we all laughed about it because some of them went to uh catholic school and they're like man the ccd kids so i've been in religion, I used to go to church a lot more than I used to. Now I go to church every once in a while, but you know, like I still be, I don't believe in all of the ideals, but I still, you know, I go to church on some Sundays, you know, I send prayers to people. I also pray for my own life. I also pray, you know, to connect with my grandfather and the people that I've lost in my life. So that is my form of religion and finding that sense of hope. And that is the key here is finding your sense of hope, finding your why, finding something, you know, that's continuing, that's helping you continue to grow. And religion can be a very powerful and healing process. Now, religion can be very healing, but when you have this type of avenue, right, that involves a lot of, you know, spiritual beliefs and tapping in the hope and tapping into the mind and people's feelings, we have to be careful with what we believe in. Because if we follow a religion too much to a T, we can take their ideals to the extreme and we can also, you know, 
take that and project that onto our family and the people we love. Have you guys, we all know those super religious people, right? That have very traditional and set standards. And when it comes to people, you know, trying to, you know, believe they might believe in a little bit different than what your religion is believing in. And instead of, you know, keeping an open mind, we're so focused on following our religion that we lose sight of the person. I have definitely, I've worked with a lot of clients. I'm not going to disclose a lot of information, but a lot of clients, you know, that have gone and been raised in Christian households where family has been too traditional. And now, you know, because of the type of gender that they like or the type of, you know, gender they want to identify as, it has now caused a huge major hole in the family. And that's not on the child's fault. That is also, you know, not on the other part. You know what I mean? Like, it's not on your kid's fault. It's not on the child's fault. Sometimes we have to look in ourselves in the mirror as the adults and be like, you know what? Like, is my ideals too traditional? Is my ideals, you know, too extreme? Because once we start not appreciating and accepting people for what they believe in and who they are, then we need to start, you know, looking in within ourselves and saying, you know what, like, am I not keeping an open mind here? Am I like, you know, so stuck in how the traditions were and how, you know, I was raised and how or what I believe in? Because if you think about it throughout history, whether you want to go back to, you know, when Christianity was a big thing in Europe, right? And then uh, I know the Vikings, I've seen the show Vikings, such a classic, great show. You know, you had the pagans, you had the Christianity and they went at it and it all it all stems from, you know, like what they believe versus the other person. I know there's more to it, but there's been wars, you know, because of religion. There has been huge conflicts and stereotypes created because of religion. And if you really think about it, if we just start being more mindful of where the other person's coming from and their perspective And just keeping an open mind because the concept of religion is supposed to be an outlet that can help us and help everyone, regardless of what we believe in, reach our higher selves and give us and instill that hope to keep us going. It can be another outlet towards our own inner healing. And if we're so fixated on traditions and what we're supposed to believe even though that is something that is, you know, we have to put in the question all the time. Am I, what am I doing? And what I'm learning is this healthy, right? And we also need to be able to keep an open mind and change and adapt to the ideals. And that's part of the reasons why for me, like I had to look at Christianity and, and really sit to myself and think like, you know, the people that are running this church or, you know, the people that, you know, are, are, spiritual leaders in the Christianity faith, like are they, or Christian faith, are they, you know, are they reliable? Are they trustworthy? And there's been some in the past that have been against homosexuality and also against gender and also against, just against so many other ideals where I had to look at myself and be like, you know what, like I can take the good from what I've learned here But also, I'm not going to take all of it. I'm not going to follow it to a T because who knows how my kids are going to 
you know, be raised or who knows what they're going to believe in. Right. And as a parent, as a future parent, as a future adult, I need to be mindful of that because times are changing. Things that have been, you know, cool that I talked about 20 years ago are now being talked now and brought up to the surface. And that is something that is going to consistently be the theme here. The importance is we have to adapt and we have to keep an open mind for the new generations and for, you know, the new, you know, new people. Right. Because, you know, times are changing. So I want you guys to sit and think. And I have some reflection questions for you guys to think about before we transition into some cults and then we'll get into, you know, some tarot card readings for the week and then we'll get in you know get into and wrap up and all that fun stuff so when it comes to our reflection questions i want you guys to ask and assess yourself when it comes to the religion you believe in first state and identify what religion you believe in ask yourself what are some of the standards that you 100 percent love about the religion so start with the positives So then once you do that, and these questions, again, I'll put them on the show description so that way you guys can check it out. So that's the first part. Look at the religion you believe in. If you do believe in a religion, even if you don't like look at something that you believe in, look at the pros of that. So what are some things that, you know, you enjoy and that you believe in? And then you're going to look at the cons. Look at some of the things that your religion has, whether that's scandals or whether that's some standards that you do not agree with. So then, and then once you assess, right, those pros and those cons, then you can look overall and ask yourself, you know, is this something I want to continue to follow or do I want to continue to follow, but also change it up and be mindful of the policies that are uncomfortable, that make me uncomfortable. And also, you know, will also put other people at feeling uncomfortable. That simple list will help you guys start to be more mindful and aware of how certain religions can trigger other people, right? It all depends on, you know, the perspective in which we are raised, right? And now as Easter Sunday, you know, comes to an end and another Easter is in the books, I just want you guys to think about that because we all have our own perspective on things. The concept of religion, all of it, it all is there, you know, as another outlet to help us and we need to use that for good. So that concludes our first topic for today's podcast. Again, the reflection question will be in the show description. So that way you guys can check it out and all of that fun stuff. If you're a fan of the podcast, please like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Your subscriptions would really help boost the podcast overall. Also, don't be a stranger and join my Patreon as well. I just started that like last week. You guys can join that. I'm I will give free tarot card readings and also free astrology chart readings depending on which level you choose for the patreon your listening ship will help boost again the podcast and really help me overall with trip with trips and also equipment but that concludes the first topic we're going to get into our second topic which involves cult-like behavior yes next but you are listening to your spiritual best friend with your host josh sanchez
Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by Podcash as a collaboration between Racket and Stir. Podcash gave away over $100,000 to up-and-coming podcasters as a way to support insanely creative and inspiring podcasters. We know how difficult it can be to get a podcast off the ground and running, but with Podcash, it's a great way to get cash, and best of all, it's all free for your podcast. So if podcasting has been on your to-do list or you're already a podcaster, go to podcast.com to stay up to date with future podcast happenings. That's again, podcast.com, P-O-D-C-A-S-H.com. I hope to see your future podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the second topic of today's podcast. I am your host, Josh Sanchez. So for the first part, we talked about, you know, the concept of religion and how it can give us hope. But we always need to take time, you know, to question our religion, you know, and and question the beliefs. Are we stepping too far? That's something that we need to think about. Before we get into the second topic, I just want to give you guys a heads up that I'm going to name a couple of famous cults that have had a history of manipulating and also doing and getting people to engage in very terrible behavior. And I just want to give you guys and my listeners just a little warning because some topics and the way how I describe some things, it could be a little traumatic as well. So I just want you guys to, you know, just be mindful as I am describing some of these cults as well. If you feel triggered at all, I apologize. So this is just, you know, your little viewer warning as we get through. And this topic won't be too long. I'm not going to get too in depth with it. I'm just going to name a couple of cults for you guys to just think about. If you want to do more research on your own, you can. But these are examples of religious groups that have been taken too far. And we all know what happens when that gets taken too far. A lot of bad stuff happens, right? So we're going to get started with the People's Temple. So this ran from 1955 to 1978. And again, my source is the Rolling Stone. I also have a couple other sources like National Geographic, all all that, not National Geographic, like the National History website, all that stuff. So those are my sources for you guys to think about. And I'll put the articles also in the show description as well. So the first one we're going to talk about, the People's Temple, 1955 to 1978. Jim Jones founded the People's Temple in Indiana in 1955. It it appealed to many as a progressive organization advocating for civil rights and operating homes for the elderly and those with mental health issues. Like previous progressive groups, Jones's goal was to create a utopian community. That's a red flag right there. Because utopian, for those who do not know the term utopian, when people want to preach utopian society, they want to say, you know, this is the perfect society where everyone, you know, can be anybody, you can be you, there's no standards, there's no laws, there's no such thing as a perfect society, that's just not how life works, we're humans, we're not perfect people. So that is a red flag right there, people, so if you guys are ever given an opportunity oh yeah do you ever want to join my man like that if anyone uses the word utopian community stay away do not go it's 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 a big red flag people big red flag 
But anyway, I shall continue. In 1965, Jones moved his family in the People's Temple to Redwood Valley in California, based off of the recommendations from an article in Esquire suggesting places to survive a nuclear war. In 1974, another flag too. Why is nuclear war being brought up in this? That's another red flag. In 1974, the People's Temple leased land in Ghana, where the group would flee media scrutiny in the United States and set up an agricultural commune. By 1978, the population of Jonestown in, in uh, Genya had grown around 900 people. Some members were delusioned and they tipped off the American media of the armed compound in South America and research and rehearsals of mass suicide. In 1978, Congressman Leo Ryan traveled to Jonestown where he, three journalists, and one defector were shot and killed before Jones ordered his followers to drink uh, the, the lace drink. And I know this lace drink was called Kool-Aid, something along those lines, and, and all 900 people passed away. So the United States were going to send three journalists and one defector to check in, report the story, what the heck's going on. They ended up getting killed by Jones and Jones ended up killing all of his members. Very tragic story. And it just shows you again. When it comes to religion, right, instilling that sense of hope. Once you have hope in people. We have to be careful because the religious leaders and leaders, right, can use and manipulate people to believing that they are above, that they are God. And when someone views someone else as a God, you can do anything you want to the person and manipulate them. And that is something that happened here. And it's unfortunate that all those lives were lost. I remember learning a little bit, little bit about this in school and I was just absolutely mind blown. Like, wow. So that's one of the famous cults that we will talk about today. The next one we're going to talk about, let's see here. We're going to do Children of God. So this one is still going, 1968 to present. This is Family International. David Moses Berg. His, his name is already, already red flaggy. David Berg, what? Sorry. Founded this communist Christian offshoot in California in 1968. For someone so concerned with moral decay and evolution, that is a red flag too. Berg had a very sex-centric perspective on how to spread the views of Jesus, including reported recruitment through flirty fishing. This is absolutely disgusting. This person would use young women to lure in new members by having sex with them and apparently opposing anti-pedophilia laws, according to some former members. Having sex with children was not only permitted, but also a divine right. Berg was a master of propaganda and also social psychology, I must add, as well. Writing, publishing, and distributing pamphlets, discussing his teachings. The group changed its name several times, most recently to Family International in 2004, and still exists today, operating in 80 countries and no longer permits sex between adults and children that we know of, I must add. Actors Quinn Phoenix and Rose McGowan were born into the cult and have since left and spoken out in the group. 
This one, people, is absolutely disgusting. One of the key terms here, right? Pedophilia. That involves adults being permitted and allowed to have sex with children. If you guys have ever heard of the term pedophiles, these are people, pedophiles, sex offenders, these are people that have engaged or been accused of pedophilia. And that is something that is absolutely disgusting, right? Because for you to be an adult and to want to have sex with a young child is absolutely disturbing and absolutely disgusting. And that was going on in the children of God. People were out here preaching Jesus, preaching the Lord, and having sex with children. Just absolutely gross, right? And this is something that, again, we need to be mindful, right? Because children of God is still present today. And although they said, you know, those laws are no longer published, the past is still the past. And we need to be mindful of that and keeping a guard up. So if you know anyone that is involved in children of God... Uh, you got, you got to give him some questions. <laughs> you got to, I don't know how to put it. Um, be like, okay, you do know that, you know, like what, you know, what happened part of this cult, like, you know, you know, just throwing in some curveballs there, you know, little jab here and there, like, yeah, like you probably should go away from that because of the history of it. That's another thing too. We need to look at the history of certain programs because the history will tell you how, Certain ideals are still present today, but Berg being a very sex centric person, creep, pedophile, and uh, of course, just a menace to society. So just be mindful of that, people. That is another one just to think about. And then our last one, I just want to throw you guys up with three. Again, if you guys want to do more research, you guys are more than welcome to. I just don't want to throw too much information at you guys too fast. And again, I'll put the links to where I found this stuff on my show descriptions. That way you guys can check it out, Google more about it and learn some new, learn something new. And the last one, the reason why I said this one is because the leader has light eyes and, uh, and looks like a complete psychopath. This one is called Heaven's Gate. The title already is just screaming red flag. You're going to title this organization Heaven's Gate? So this was running from 1972 to 1977. Heaven's Gate founded in San Diego in 1972 by Marshall Applewhite and Body Nettles. Bonnie Nettles, sorry. This was based on the premise on the premise that aliens would escort members of the group to the kingdom of heaven. They first made headlines in 1975 when they convinced 20 new followers to give up their earthly possessions leave their families and disappear. I don't know about you guys, but if my girlfriend was talking about Heaven's Gate and then she just got up and left, I am very concerned. This is, imagine being, imagine being in a relationship or being in a family in these where the person just got up and left and talked, yeah, I'm going to the kingdom of heaven. I don't know about you guys, but that's something we need to question. But anyway, though, I shall continue the story. On the CBS Evening News, Walter Cronkite reporting that it's a mystery whether they've been taken on a so-called trip to eternity or simply taken. They turned out to be living underground, camping everywhere from Rhode Island to Oklahoma. But Heaven's Gate is best known for the much more tragic event two decades later. 
In March 1997, the group carefully planned and then executed a mass suicide timed to coincide with the arrival of hail-bombed Comet, which member thought of concealed the alien spacecraft on its way to Earth. Clad in black tunics and Nikes, 35 Heaven Gate members ate applesauce mixed with a sedative with vodka, covered their heads in plastic bags, and died. Nine of the 18 men, including Applewhite, had been surgically castrated as group-mandated celibacy. Sheesh. An upbeat videotape message made the members prior to the suicide indicated that they were willing, even happy to die to, and move to the next level. So again, all three cults that I mentioned, right? And I apologize, some of them can be very graphic. Let's be honest here. There's a lot of social psychology that is involved in this, in this cult-like behavior, right? You have the leader finding people that have, have lost a sense of themselves. And what they do as the leader is they try, they find these people that have lost their sense of self, lost their will. And what they do is they push on these ideal, extreme ideologies to promise them a better life. And when you take someone that is down, broken, needs help, and instill hope, all of a sudden, they become a follower. They become a worshiper because you help them realize what in their lowest moment that they needed help. They needed a direction and you gave them that direction. That's all social psychology. So there's propaganda techniques like, you know, they're like the term for Heaven's Gate was, you know, Hail Bob Comet. You know, there's, I'm, I'm trying to look at one of the terms that they used. Um, we can use Hail Bob Comet, for example. I bet you in some of those propagandas, Marshall Applewhite was out here preaching that this comet was this alien ship that now this is our time to go to heaven. And that propaganda was used to manipulate, again, to manipulate people to believing, you know what, like this is the date where I'm finally going to heaven. So this person took advantage of that and took advantage of the other person's feelings and manipulated them to follow and do his own behaviors. That, my friend, makes this cult leader a psychopath, right? Because the fact that you are aware of another person's emotions and you are manipulating them to join and follow you, that, my friends, is a sociopath slash psychopath. Whether you want to call me an expert or not, that's just something to think about. So when you think of all these quote, uh, all these cults, look at the social psychology aspect of it and how the cult leaders use tactics to manipulate the people to believing in them. Whether that is through telling motivation stories of other members, you know, like I started from nothing and now look at me, look who I am. We need to be mindful of that because tapping into emotion is can turn into manipulation as you see here obviously the cults are to another level of extreme but that is something we need to be mindful of okay so that concludes the second topic of today's podcast again i'll put the link of 
the famous quotes that I read on here in the show description. And let me know what you guys think. I wanted to change it up and give you guys a different type of episode. I also wanted to throw in my own sense and my own opinion to it because I love the podcast format. But for our last topic, we're going to do some weekly tarot and uh, we're going to wrap up. So you guys listen into your spiritual best friend with your host, Josh Sanchez. We will be right back. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the third and final topic of today's podcast. I am your host, Josh Sanchez. This podcast has been a religion-based podcast and also talking about some famous cults as well. So very, very insightful and great conversation. I really hope you guys got something out of it, especially to so the social psychology part of cult-like behavior and cult leaders. Those are some topics I just want you guys, you know, if you're bored and want to Google, check it out. You, you'll got, you guys will get a lot more insight and be like, wow, like the propaganda and social psychology techniques to manipulate people is very concerning and we need to be mindful of them, especially when we start to believe into something. So without further ado, we're going to get into our final topic, which is our weekly tarot card reading. I'm so excited for this. Our question, I wanted to stick with the religion based themes and of the podcast. And I and I my simple question is for the rest of this year, what should we expect from because it's going to be very vague? So I'm going to get a little specific here. So if you guys are not into Christianity, I apologize. But my question is going to be, what should we expect from Christian religious leaders, political leaders for the rest of this year? What should we all expect from religion, from Christianity, religious, Christian religious leaders? So, again, my question again, because I know I started a little bit. My apologies, guys. For the rest of this year, what should me and my podcast listeners expect from Christian political leader. So I'm going to pull three cards and this is just for the rest of this year because I already know there's been a big uptick in Christianity and there's been a big uptick in traditions as well, depending on what state we live in. That could be very concerning and ancestors are ready to talk. This is fun. Wow. So I got three cards right away. So we are going to get started. Well, I didn't even get a chance to shuffle. They were they were ready for this reading. My my ancestors like, boy, man, I want to talk. I, I can't wait to talk with you. All right. So we shall see what we got as I put the cards away. Give me one second, guys, as I put them away. And then, yeah, we're going to have some fun here. All right. So put the cards there. Thank you, ancestors. And let's get started. The first card, what we got here is we got two of cups. So two of cups. My fault, guys, as I pull it up. So the two of cups is happiness, relationships, love. The two of cups card is one of the most positive relationship cards in the deck. When you pull this card in a reading, it stands for harmony, togetherness, and a deep and a deepening your connection in existing relationships, such as an engagement to getting married or moving in together. Have you ever started a new relationship or made a new friend? The Two of Cups tells us that this relationship will be power will be a powerful one that will bring positivity to your life. The ultimate vision of this card is two becoming one. 
Now is the time to embrace the connections you have and continue to strengthen them. After all, our bodies are wired for human connection. And when we don't feel close to others, it's hard to find a purpose. So with this one, I think what's happening is a lot of our Christian political leaders, you know, are trying to work together to establish the traditional norms. Now, I'm going to read the other two cards and then I'll see if I get a better estimate on what the card is actually saying. But that's just something we need to be aware of. So the second card is the Knight is the Knight of Swords. So we go from this cup energy to immediately the Knight of Swords. So with this one, my fault people, the Knight of Swords, where are you? There you are. All right. The Knight of Swords, bravery, big changes, tenacity. The Knight of Swords indicates a change is coming. If you have been waiting for something new to happen in your life, this shift is surely on the horizon. A change in a job, relationship, location, health, or financial status might shake things up soon. Change is never easy, but to reach your full potential, you will need to press forward. The Knight of Swords does so without fear, with a heart of confidence and determination to realize their goals. If you show bravery and strength, you will be able to enjoy the fruits of your labor. The key here is to face your fears, but not to allow them to control the outcome. So with this card, so our first card, right, we have Christianity. Our Christian political leaders are trying to connect and unite everything as one. So I know how there's been a big separation between church and state. What's been happening recently is a lot of Christian political leaders have pushed for the traditional church norms to be one again, right? And they're doing so with bravery, big changes, and tenacity, right? So now the third card is the Three of Swords. And if you guys, for my podcast listeners that cannot visualize it, it's literally a heart and three swords are stabbing across it. So heartbreak, sadness, grief. The Three of Swords signifies a sudden and unexpected blow to your emotions, When you see this card in a reading, it often foretells the sudden loss of a loved one, the realization of betrayal, or an end of an important relationship with someone you love very much. Whenever the situation, it will cause a great deal of pain and suffering to you. As terrible as it might seem, there is a silver lining. You can trust in yourself to dig deep and find the strength to overcome whatever comes your way. No dark cloud can linger on forever. Remember that the way you feel does not encompass how you will feel once the dust settles. The intensity of emotion will will subside over time. Pour love into yourself and trust that life goes on. Happier days are ahead once this period has passed. So just continuing with the reading, right? We all know certain policies that have been passing by between each state, which has been, you know, causing a lot of heartbreak, causing a lot of despair. We can even go back to last year. When Congress, you know, we, we ended up what abortion became illegal in, in certain states. And what happened was now now the states have the power, right, to decide on whether they want to make abortion legal or not. And that was something that really caused a lot of heartbreak and a lot of despair. And this is something that is going to continue for the rest of this year. And we need to be aware of that. But the importance of this reading, right, is we need to tap into ourselves and know that this is only temporary, that we have the power to change things again 
and new lights are against the horizon. So that is how I took this reading. Let me know how you guys feel. Again, two of cups, knight of swords, and three of swords. So those were the three cards for today's reading. And let me know how we feel. Whether you want to comment into, into the podcast, send me an email, let me know. Um, because that is something we need to be mindful of, right? So that concludes this part one of the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed some of the religious and also cult-like content. Let me know if you guys are interested in me doing more of an analysis into more of this stuff. I do have my opinion on certain things, uh, but there's a lot of psychology that is involved in all of this. And we need to be mindful of that. But thank you guys for a great podcast. Episode 91 is in the books with your spiritual best friend. I hope you guys stay safe and tune in to part two, which will also be out later this week. But for now, this is Josh signing off.